Eric Erickson here. The third hour of the program. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Pretty much every single person I endorsed in the state of Georgia won their election. Uh, Sherry Gilligan, unfortunately, uh, did not. Uh, Lost a good conservative in the state house uh, with her. But uh, Rich McCormick and Mike Collins will head to the United States Congress. I just... I don't care where you are nationally. I want you to know about my friend Rich. I uh, don't get to see him enough. Uh, he was running against a, a fine guy who I also know and like, um, but Rich is dear to me, a Marine emergency room doctor. Uh, his whole family, they're wonderful people. His wife is wonderful. Um, I, I, I know them. Um, he's been a real prayer warrior for my family, and he's just a rock-solid conservative and he's going to go far in politics because he's just a good guy. He's got uh, convictions. He's uncompromising in his faith. But he will sit and talk to and learn from anyone in all walks of life. A uh, white Marine went to a historically black college medical school, became the leader of the student body, uh, became an ER doc uh, in uh, one of the most diverse parts of Atlanta, did not give up his conservative convictions in the process, didn't go wobbly in his faith, and is just it's he's a blessing to know, and the man is going to go to Congress. And I am really, really delighted uh, that he is. Uh, he'll be a rock star member of Congress. Mike Collins as well. What is interesting here is Mike Collins... Uh, got 75% of the vote against Snuggles Jones, Ver, Snug, Vernon Jones. Um, I've long called him Snuggles. It's it's an old story, and I don't remember all the details, but used to run a website called Peach Pundit, and we started referring to him as Snuggles because of the, I think he wanted to snuggle or some such, um, some woman at some point. There were all sorts of accusations about the guy. Um, not a great guy. Was a pro-abortion Democrat until about five minutes ago. Became a pro-life Republican just to get... A Republican support, and he lost. Uh, only got about twenty to twenty-five percent of the vote in the tenth congressional district race, despite having Donald Trump's endorsement. In fact, every single person in Georgia Donald Trump endorsed lost, except for Burt Jones, who would have won without Trump's endorsement, and Herschel Walker, who would have won without Trump's endorsement. Uh, and the reason is because uh, Donald Trump decided to focus on grievances instead of the future, and his candidates who ran for office were forced to do the same. And people really are way more interested in beating Stacey Abrams and the Democrats than they are relitigating 2020, whether they think the election was stolen or not. Uh, what I can tell you, though, is when you look at the David Perdue race, when you look at the Vernon Jones race, when you look at the outcomes of, of a lot of these races, about 15 to 20% of the Republican Party in Georgia of the base vote are bat poop crazy election conspiracy theorists. And the 80 to 90 percent of the party uh, just want to go win against the Democrats. Uh, And and when you take that 80 percent, you add in the independent voters that uh, 15 to 20 percent of nutters out there, you you don't need them to still beat the Democrats. A lot of the nutters out there are saying, oh, I'm never going to vote for Brian Kemp. I'm going to vote Libertarian or I'm going to stay over. I'm going to vote for Stacey Abrams because who needs Republicans? Okay, go. You're irrelevant anyway. 
I, I, I realize people want to bridge build or something. I, I'm, I have no intention of building bridges with a bunch of insane people who uh, can't get over their, their, their God losing their God bleeding. I uh, just can't. Um, I, I got, got no use at this point. Uh, you either move on or, or you get left behind. That's just the reality. You can be mad at me for saying it, uh, but I'm not going to keep relitigating the past uh, when we've got a future to worry about, future for my kids and yours. Uh, in that regard, I want to talk about something. Is the United States ungovernable? There's an article, uh, Janan Ganesh in the Financial Times. And he wonders if we're headed towards ungovernability. Western liberals should adjust their nightmares. Worrying about strong men will continue to make sense as long as Donald Trump ponders a comeback. But the larger trend of events is towards fragmentation and chaos. The pioneer is, as ever, the United States. In a nation that is not just split but checkmated, Neither Democrats nor Republicans can build a lasting electoral hegemony of the kind that allowed the New Deal, the Reagan Revolution, and other necessary reforms in the last century. Inflaming this governance problem is the large minority of the population that does not recognize, say, the legitimacy of President Joe Biden or the wisdom of public health advice. For a sense of how unreachable some voters are, consider that a third or more of Americans are open to the secession of their state from the Union. Even if this is so much armchair bluff, states with as much clout as Florida and Texas increasingly define themselves against the federal government. There is cheering and distressing news here. Even if a tyrant could seize power in a coup, no country so fractious and ornery would remain under his or her thumb for long. The far more plausible future is an ungovernable America. Now, I want to tie that to a completely unrelated story, but I need to go back first to this line. Inflaming this governance problem is the large minority of the population that does not recognize the wisdom of public health advice. Matt Shapiro has a substack called Marginally Compelling, polymath.substack.com. This last week, the CDC held their ACIP meeting to discuss whether or not they should recommend the COVID vaccine for children six months to five years old. While presenting on the danger of the virus for children, a slide was shown claiming that COVID presented as one of the leading causes of death for children. The slide was flagged by the woman who runs covid.georgia.com. I fact-checking site on COVID. Her last name is Kelly. She saw the slide and knew immediately it was false. The slide is no small error. Not only did it count the wrong number for pediatric COVID deaths, it compared all pediatric COVID deaths in a 26-month period to annualized deaths from other causes. This is a massive data error. 
and yet it persisted through a supposedly rigorous data check from 11 authors and was selected by top-tier scientists for their landmark presentation to the most knowledgeable experts in the field. No one in any of the meetings recognized the error. The slide was presented uncritically to the nation's top doctors and epidemiologists who are in charge of setting the national policy on COVID vaccines for children, and no one even noticed it. It was spread uncritically by dozens more experts, including a former Surgeon General of the United States. And this error was caught by a woman who tweets using just her first name and runs fact checker on the world's most eminent scientists in her free time. On the one hand, I'm delighted that what Kelly does makes an impact. It looks like her persistent persistence will result in a reevaluation of the paper from which this chart was taken. In that way, the system works. But the system utterly failed before it worked, and it's only working now because an Internet rando is more knowledgeable and paying closer attention than our top scientists and doctors. In the past two years, we've watched the story play out with alarming frequency. High-profile experts who are running policy for the nation or the world show themselves to be woefully uninformed in their field of expertise. Over the last two years, a huge portion of this very newsletter has been about looking at nationwide narratives concerning COVID data and asking if they're actually true. I've started asking myself, why are we continually playing whack-a-mole with bad policy drawn from poor science? Is it impossible? It is impossible to do this forever, and for many people, it's impossible to do it at all. Most people don't know where to go to get the data, and they wouldn't know what to do with it if they got it. We're living through the death of credentials and experts. This is the core of an authority crisis. He's not wrong. Matt Shapiro's not wrong. In Uvalde, Texas, I've put this off until now. In Uvalde, Texas, the teacher who was shot called her husband after being shot. She was still alive. He's a police officer. He showed up to storm in to help. And the other police took his gun away from him and kept him out of the building, detained him. The mayor of Uvalde, Texas, is claiming that the state police are throwing the local law enforcement under the bus and lying. The state police say, y'all were the ones on the scene and we have the video. It appears the state police are right and the locals are doing damage control in a small town. The police screwed up. We have a crisis of general governance in this country, not just the experts, not just the credentials. And uh, as we have this, the rise of credentialism is happening. The number of times I encounter people online who claim, well, I've got a law degree or I've got a theology degree or I've got a sociology degree or I've got a PhD in history. Therefore, I'm the expert and I know what I'm talking about and they're full of crap. It, it continues to go up. I encountered someone the other day, as a matter of fact, who is a, a liberal scholar uh, and theologian who's challenged me on a point I made uh, about theology. And I was like, uh, dude, I'm actually in seminary. I know this. I actually wrote a paper on this issue. Uh, and and he randomly disappeared and stopped interacting when I pointed out I actually do have the credentials. I've had this with someone else the other day who was challenging me on a, a point about constitutional law. I was like, I'm a lawyer. I have a, a, I have a J.D., but I don't put it in my Twitter bio, so they have no idea. 
So are we on the verge of a crack up in the country? I actually think it's more plausible that we break up as a country than that we have some authoritarian figure, even Donald Trump. You put Donald Trump in charge and he refuses to go away. Well, goodbye, blue states. Some of you would say that's fine, except uh, we're all in this together. And economically, we do better together. Here, here, Here's the issue. The problem we actually have is different from the problem of experts and the problem of credentials and the problem of division. The problem we have is that we have a federal government with a constitution that prescribes it very limited powers. And we, the people, have chosen over time to allow the federal government to extend beyond those powers. Let's go back to the original piece in the Financial Times. In a nation that is not just split but checkmated, neither Democrats nor Republicans can build a lasting electoral hegemony of the kind that allowed the New Deal, the Reagan Revolution, or other necessary reforms. Those necessary reforms came in times of crises, which we have not had, and the New Deal did not come at first except through great division and then a flip on the United States Supreme Court under pressure from Congress. Much of... Franklin Roosevelt's original New Deal plans were thrown out by the Supreme Court and knocked backed by the states and blocked by Republicans. It took time and crisis to build coalition. And now we've overcorrected. We have allowed too much power to go to the federal government. You want to fix what ails this nation? You need to go back to understanding the Constitution as the founders designed it. We see limited power and authority to Washington, D.C. to do those things that are more efficient and better for all of us if Washington does it. But all the other things we maintain at the states, health care, education, policing, you do all of those at the state level as close to the people as possible. There will still be screw-ups like in Uvalde, Texas, but they won't be national screw-ups like we've had with health care policy during COVID. You want to fix the country. Run the country the way the founders intended. They were far smarter than us. Run it with federalism. Divided powers between the states, divided powers between the states and the federal government. Run the country in that way. Are we on the verge of a crack-up? We may just be, but we're on the verge of a crack-up because we all have differing ideas, philosophically differing ideas, on how to run the country. And the reason we have philosophically different ideas on how to run the country and which direction to go is because we've ceded so much power towards Washington to chart our individual and state-level destinies when the founders never intended that. We could fix what ails this country tomorrow if all of us, Democrats, Republicans, and Independents, realized Washington does way more than it was ever intended to do. And the states and local governments and the people should learn some self-sufficiency without having to rely on Uncle Sam. You do that, and then we'll realize, you know, there are some things together through economies of scale, efficiencies, and just dealing with international powers, Washington should do. But Washington was never meant to be the be-all, end-all, and provider of all things. As long as it is that way, we're more and more likely to fracture. I'm a longtime customer of Bull and Branch. I love their sheets. I sleep very comfortably, very coolly underneath them. I don't like to get hot when I sleep. They're very, very breathable. They're very, very soft, and they get softer with every wash as well. Bull and Branch sheets, they're not just buttery, breathably, and possibly comfortable and softer with every wash. You don't even have to worry about the thread count there because they use the best threads possible, and you can tell by the quality of the sheets. I highly recommend you get some. 
my wife and I, you know, she heard the ads on other shows. She doesn't listen to my podcast and she wanted them. And then we got some and we've fallen in love with them. We've got them on a lot of the beds in our house. They use the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness and a better night's sleep. They're so luxurious. They're beloved by three American presidents and they got over 10,000 reviews all of which are fantastic reviews. And right now you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Well, get ready, friends and family. The Supreme Court has announced it's going to issue rulings on Friday which they don't normally do. Um, They're going to issue them tomorrow as well. Today is their rest day to prepare. Uh, They have 13 rulings left. They're going to issue rulings tomorrow, and then they're going to issue rulings on Friday. Uh, Given their pattern lately, they may get it done. Um, Last next week is their last week of meeting. Uh, So we will, we'll see Uh, the Dobbs case is coming. It's coming. Uh, Gerald, I want to go to you next. Welcome to the program. How are you, Gerald? Well, I'm doing pretty good, Eric. I just have a question. Mm -hmm. How do you handle relatives when they say, we believe in science, yet when you show them science that contradicts what the government says, well, the government didn't put it, therefore it's not true. (laughs) Uh, Thankfully, I am am very blessed with with few of those situations. Uh, I will tell you the God's honest truth, Gerald. I tend not to engage with them. Um, I, I, I don't want to start arguments with my family when I know, uh, I mean, I'm fully convinced that I will not be able to persuade them. Uh, uh, with those yeah. who I think I can persuade, I will occasionally suggest, well, you know, there was a study from X, Y, and Z, and it said this that isn't exactly what you're saying. Uh, and I will point them in the direction so they can go see it for themselves uh, as opposed to them thinking I'm leaving information from them. I, I try to never engage in those arguments uh, in large part because uh, I, I value my family and friends too much to start wanting to argue with them about stuff like that when they think I'm wrong and I think they're wrong. Uh, I try to find areas of agreement. Uh, one, I, I believe it or believe it or not. I'm not big on conflict. I, I, I don't see the point in ruining a friendship or a family relationship uh, when it can be avoided by just not engaging the topic. I'm not going to convince people. I mean, it's like the stolen election stuff. Uh, my frustration with that, and, and I've got to get into some of that when I come back, uh, but my frustration with it is it doesn't really matter what I say. There's always that one more. What about this one? Okay, you've debunked all these. What about this one? What about, okay, now what about this one? Now what about this one? And there's always one more. And they're always convinced they know the situation more than I do, whether they do or not. And you just, it, it does you no good. You're, you're wasting your time. It's, uh, you know, scripture says, don't throw your pearls before swine. And, and uh, I'm not trying to be offensive here with anyone saying someone's swine, but I mean, don't throw the pearl before swine. And don't waste your time 
trying to convince people of things they don't believe are true. At some point, you just got to let people live their life. If they're living their life based on faulty knowledge, well, that's their loss, not yours. Uh, Your relationships tend to be way more important than somebody believes something that isn't true. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, More importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, You can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member Finn Recipic. I'd like to say hi to Mike with Waste Management who's listening to me as he rides around. A buddy of mine texted me and said he just, uh, my sanitation guy, Mike with Waste Management, was picking up the trash and heard him listening to you. So hi there. Appreciate you being out there on the hot day doing that. Y'all, we've come to the point in the program where I'm going to say things you're not going to like. I put it off till the end. I'm going to say things you're not going to like. I won't give you the phone number. God bless Charlie. <laughs> um, Brad Raffensperger testified before the January 6th committee. They subpoenaed him. He complied. Uh, he said in public what he has said in private a lot that every time they came to him with requests to investigate matters, they investigated and they found nothing wrong. Lots of crank conspiracy theories, the 2,000 mules, the suitcases full of ballots and the like. And they were investigated and there was just no there there. I mean, for those who hang on to the 2000 mule situation, you, you see the one guy who supposedly is dropping uh, ballots in. He was identified, this guy in Georgia, is dropping all the ballots of his family. It was was implied strongly that he had uh, gone back more than once. You never actually saw the that video. You never saw the video. Maybe he went to a different one and there were no cameras there, except it's, it's, it's all bunk. People want to believe what they want to believe because people want to be victims these days. Everyone wants to be a professional victim these days. Uh, Brad Raffensperger, his family, they were real victims. 
his daughter-in-law, widowed daughter-in-law, someone break into her home. His family was viciously harassed, and not just them. There were conspiracy theories that cropped up about other people. Uh, volunteer and, and low-paid workers, and they were hara- extraordinarily harassed. Some of them had to have uh, security and protection because the crazies were coming out to get them, and it was all a bunch of lies by sore losers. You, Some of you are so aggrieved that Donald Trump didn't win Georgia, and I would just point out to you that, you know what, uh, none of the people that Donald Trump supported this time won Georgia either, except for Burt Jones, who with his billions of dollars was going to win anyway, and Herschel Walker with his name ID was going to win anyway. But every single other candidate endorsed by Donald Trump in Georgia lost. And the reason is because people are tired of the BS. People are ready to move on. There is a small contingent of people who are deeply insistent we cannot move on and deeply insistent that we we got to double down on the nonsense of 2020 and the relitigation of 2020. Everybody else ready to move on. And at this point, those people who are ready to move on and ready for some semblance of normalcy they can win and beat the Democrats without the crazy. They don't need the crazy. And as the crazy festers in its conspiracy, conspiratorial grievance and nonsense, they'll be left behind. And I'm okay with them being left behind. The reality is 28,000 Republican voters in Georgia who voted Republican down ballot did not vote for president of the United States. We can see that that happened based on where votes went. For example, David Perdue in November of 2020 got more votes than Donald Trump in Georgia. Kelly Loeffler did too. We can see that. We can see people were tired of the nonsense. People are ready to move on. And some of you aren't, and that's okay. But I now get so tired of the people who email in and say, well, what about this one? What about that one? What about this one? What about that one? What about this one? What about that one? What about even if some of them were true? And I think some were. It wasn't enough to overturn the election. See, the Trump campaign is under the delusion that it only needed like 11,300 votes in Georgia. Actually, it needed 11,300 votes plus 28,000 votes or so because in Georgia to overturn an election and show that there was an election uh, where there was uh, fraud enough to affect the outcome of the election, you got to actually count the number of people who refused to vote in your race as well. So you needed roughly 40,000 votes, which no one could get. There's something else here, too. As much as there are the grievance mongers and the rage-fueled idiots who can't get over 2020 and are convinced 
that it was all stolen and it was all a fraud and you're all traitors if you don't don't support it and don't investigate it and, and don't overturn the election and Donald Trump is coming back as president tomorrow. It was in the stars and the astrologer said so. There are also the grievance mongers of the left who can't let it go. The grievance mongers of the left who are insistent that uh, Republicans can never hold power again, that they're fascists, that Trumpism is fascism, that they're bad people, that they're anti-Democrat, that they are anti, anti-humanity, anti-America. Listen to Matthew Dowd on MSNBC. We have two major legacy parties in the country today, and one has been completely captive. They've been completely captured by a majority of folks who believe in the ends justify the means in politics, even if that means things detrimental to our democracy, and even if that means saying and doing things that encourage more mentally disturbed people to take action in a violent way as we what we saw on January 6th. I think it also says, as you referenced the Eric Greitens ad and the other things that have happened in the elections and is what has likely happened today in the primaries, that this is not really about Donald Trump anymore. This is about fundamentally what the Republican Party has become and how dangerous that party has become to the health and safety of Americans and our democracy. Arizona's legislative leader testified before the January 6th committee, Rusty Bowers. Bill Barr has testified before the January 6th committee. Others have. They all said Trump was out of his mind. The election wasn't stolen. It's all nonsense. And they've all been asked and said they would still support Donald Trump in 2024. There is a large contingent of Republicans who don't care for Donald Trump and don't think the election was stolen and are glad he's gone, who, if he were the Republican nominee in 2024, would vote for him. And Democrats have explained that as Republicans are latent fascists or open fascists or anti-democratic or they don't care about the country, actually, maybe the Democrats should wonder why would a group of Republicans who don't like Donald Trump, don't think the election was stolen and are glad he's gone, vote for him over them. The Democrats are completely lacking in self-awareness, completely lacking self-awareness. It is the Democrats who are grooming our children. It is the Democrats who are teaching our kids that they are either racists or victims of racism at all times. It is the Democrats who have driven gas prices through the roof and caused inflation. It is the Democrats who are showing weakness to Russia and China, promising Ukraine military help and not actually delivering it. It is the Democrats who are capitulating to Iran and the Middle East. It is the Democrats who are trying to prop up third world dictators like the guy in Venezuela to get gas from him so they don't have to get gas here. It's the Democrats who laugh and say, ha ha, buy an electric car, you rubes. There are a lot of Republicans who don't like Donald Trump, don't think the election is stolen, and they'd vote for him in a heartbeat over any Democrat because the Democrats are so insistent that the Republicans are the fascists, they can't even see the fascism in their own party. 
the Democrats cannot see the dictatorial, authoritarian, high-handed nature of their own party, of their people who embrace cancel culture and want to silence and shut up anyone who disagrees with them. The Democrats cannot see that the authoritarian left and the environmental movement and the abortion movement, they're the ones out there being the terrorists these days. They focus on all the white nationalists, the the right-of-center terrorism. Uh, You know, we've had some abortion or pregnancy centers firebombed in the last few weeks. It wasn't right-wingers doing it. It wasn't right-wingers vandalizing the churches and pregnancy centers out there. wasn't right-wingers doing any of that. It's not the right-wingers out there sabotaging railway lines that are hauling oil in this country. It's not the right-wingers doing any of that. But the Democrats can't bring themselves to police the crazy on their own side. It is one reason I am so insistent on not engaging the nonsense over the stolen election stuff in 2020. Do I think there were problems? There were absolutely problems. Were they enough to affect the outcome of the election? No, they were not. And to the people who have just clung, glommed onto it and demanded that their victims and the race was stolen, I've got no use for them at this point because they refuse to move on and recognize the real threat that's out there, which is a Democratic Party that is indoctrinating our children, trying to, in some cases, groom them, trying to wreck our economy. And these people are still butthurt over 2020 and losing. And they're coming up with cockamamie conspiracy theories to justify the loss instead of accepting the loss and moving on and trying to win in the future. Oh, but we can't because we have to figure out how they stole it in 2020. They didn't, you idiots. Move on. We've got big threats right in front of us, and you're too busy looking behind. we got big threats with the Democratic Party out there that keeps telling us none of these things are happening until they happen, and then we've got to accept them or you're a bigot and you need to be canceled. It's one of my most frustrating things here. The number of grifters, hucksters, frauds, and charlatans who are cashing in on senior citizens who are convinced an election was stolen and what wasn't stolen and don't want you to see the fight ahead. They don't want you to see what's in front of us. They want you to cling bitterly to a past that was not Instead of dealing with the reality of a present America where the Democrats and the media won the 2020 election because so many people got tired of Donald Trump. But we have an opportunity for great success in 2022 if we're willing to stick together. And these people aren't willing to stick together. In Georgia, where I am, they're they're complaining, saying, well, I'm not going to vote at all because Brian Kemp's no better than Stacey Abrams. Really? If you're that stupid, you don't need to vote. Stupid people don't need to vote, and you're a stupid person. The stories that continue to crop up, you know, there was a, a teacher who several months ago came to prominence attacking conservatives, saying that uh, these conservatives call us groomers. They claim that we're pedophiles. They're projecting. They're probably the ones who are doing this to the kids. You know, that that guy went viral. The Democrats touted him. Liberal social media icons retweeted him. That guy's just been arrested for grooming children, sexually assaulting a 13-year-old, I believe it was. We got real fights culturally politically, economically in the country. And I'm really done with the people who not only can't recognize the election was won by Joe Biden, but want to excuse the bad behaviors of the people who stormed into the home of the daughter-in-law of Brad Raffensperger, 
who harassed his family, who have poured out invective, who've caused these election workers to have to have security at their homes, who fear for their lives. I mean, these people are menaces. They don't need to be a part of the process. They've taken it too personally. They need to be deprogrammed. They need to go step away from politics and the news headlines and reconnect with reality. But for you Democrats who are not in along with that, you need to do some self-examination and reevaluation yourself. There are hundreds of thousands, millions of Americans who aren't fans of Donald Trump and will gladly vote for him, knowing what all we know over any of you, and none of you want to ask yourselves why that is without actually pouring invective and hate on those people. They're good, law-abiding, God-fearing American citizens who are more worried about what you want to do with the country than what Donald Trump wanted to do with the country. Last I checked, high unemployment, a recession, inflation, massive gas prices, and all the other economic problems we have right now did not exist under Donald Trump, but they do exist under the Democrats. And maybe you all should do some self-reflection and get some self-awareness on why so many Americans who aren't happy with the January 6th situation, who do do not like it, who think it's bad and don't like Donald Trump would still rather go with the Republicans and Donald Trump than with any of you. But you are philosophically, fundamentally incapable of doing that because you don't understand you got a bunch of turds in your punch bowl too. Now on the right, as we get to some level of clarity on the future, one of the organizations that's helping advance the movement is Patriot Mobile. They are a Christian conservative organization, and they back Christian conservative candidates. They back Christian conservative causes from the Second Amendment to the pro-life movement, veterans and first responders. Great candidates out there as well. They're starting to help, and they need you to be a, um, a to be a partner with them, to be a customer, so that they can generate the profits to fund the cause. And they use the same cell towers everybody else uses, so you know you're going to get very good service from them. What you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash eric. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. They've got a coverage map there. You can check out the coverage map. You can see just how detailed it is. 5G, voice, data, you name it. You can transfer your existing phone number to them or get a brand new phone number with them. And you can also call them if you don't want to do it online. You can go to 972-PATRIOT. That's the phone number. You will talk to someone inside the United States of America. 972-PATRIOT is the phone number. You tell them I sent you. You get free activation. Talk to them about the great discounts they have as well. Or you can do it all online very easily. It's a painless process. You go to patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, patriotmobile.com slash Eric, transfer your number, get a new phone number. If you have an unlocked phone, you can take it to them as well or get a new phone from them. They want to be your cell phone provider and then they take a portion of their profits and they help the causes you care about. Patriotmobile.com. You know, I got to tell you, one of the, the, the little joys of my life is watching Kevin McCarthy squirm I don't trust Kevin McCarthy. I don't think Kevin McCarthy would be a good Speaker of the House. I don't think Kevin McCarthy is a conservative. I think Kevin McCarthy is an opportunist. I think Steve Scalise would be far better as Speaker than McCarthy. And and I'm not sold on Scalise, not as conservative as I'd like. I'd really like Chip Roy to be Speaker. But Kevin McCarthy, given the choice between McCarthy and Scalise, I'd rather go with Scalise. You know, Donald Trump is now blasting McCarthy. McCarthy and the Republicans decided to stay off the January 6th committee. They let Liz Cheney have it. 
And it turns out uh, whether you or I like it or not, though no one's really watching and no one really cares, they've actually done a job with telling and building a narrative that the media at least finds compelling, even if you and I don't. And now the Republicans are starting to think, "Eh, maybe we should have put some competing voices on there. And Donald Trump is blaming the uh, leadership, in particular Kevin McCarthy, for not doing it. Uh, Republicans in the House, they found McCarthy acceptable, uh, even if they didn't particularly like him. And at this point, they're finding him less and less acceptable. And I'm okay with that. I I think that uh, they should get him out of leadership, put him back on the back benches, or at least, I mean, give him a committee chair, I guess. But I am just not a fan of Kevin McCarthy's. I never have been a fan of Kevin McCarthy's. He's not a conservative. He's an opportunist. Uh, And it's nice to see the Republicans in the House finally realize uh, the man is just a, a butt-kissing opportunist with no spine, and they probably need someone who can actually be a leader to be Speaker of the House. Um, this is just fantastic to watch.